and welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is November 10th, coming to you a day early because we got a nice 3 0 birthday happening. How are we doing, oh, good sir? I am doing fantastic. I am hitting the uh, dinosaur age for NFL running backs, but as a quarterback, right in my prime, probably looking for my second big contract here. So things are fine. Beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, if all else fails, you can just go down to Jerry World and you probably get paid out. So it's all good. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no worries at all. Uh, but because we are coming to you early, we will actually be able to talk about the Thursday night game. And we've got a couple couple things to talk about. I figure we'll talk about the good old Colts news when we get to that game. Like always, mm -hmm. we'll go through the board, talk about it, because we are a little bit earlier. I'm not going to give out too many bets because I just haven't placed many bets. So make sure you're checking out at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. A good old 58% against the spread so far this year. So we're looking to keep it hot uh, this week, to say the yeah. least. But Yeah, I love it. Let's start with the Thursday night game. Falcons, Panthers, and whew, the Panthers quarterback situation is an absolute doozy. Full tank mode at this point. Um, playing against the Falcons team Thursday night. The Thursday night product has been absolutely terrible, and I am convinced yeah. that uh, the NFL just hates Jeff Bezos because the bag of goods they sold him on Thursday night has been absolutely pitiful. Yeah, it's been terrible, and it's... It continues. I, I remember like a week ago, I was like, huh, what, you know, I wonder, wonder what kind of NFL game I got on the old birthday night. And I was like, oh, that is a <laughs> dagger. <laughs> yeah, so not great. Um, the Panthers last week, boy, I, I was shocked that, the, like, you know, I was kind of, you know, somewhat paying attention to that game, not really. And then when I saw that they actually scored some points, I was shocked by that because it looked like they weren't going to score anything. Um, they're a terrible team. So yeah, I'm leaning, leaning Falcons here. I think they just got a little bit more more work with. They're a little less of a train wreck, um, and it'll be interesting just this this rematch after what happened. Like I don't know, it's like really two or two or three weeks ago that that crazy game they played. So maybe we'll get an exciting game like that. We might get a Sam Darnold experience. I've seen that he's been upgraded. Yep. <laughs> we could be seeing some ghosts on Thursday night. Um, I'm with you. I like the Falcons at three. Probably would be my lean on this one. I don't know. I haven't made a commitment to bet it just yet. Um, as a wise person once said, you gotta sometimes you gotta know when to hold them and when to fold them. Um, and this is a game where I just I don't know if I, I like an edge enough. But the Falcons are a, a competent enough team at this point where the Panthers are just an absolute shit show left and right. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I like the Falcons. Alrighty, let's move on to the nice Sunday game. Nice nine thirty mm. over in Deutschland, Germany. <laughs> Seahawks versus my Bucks, and last week we said it. We'll get to the Rams in a little while, but make or break game for I think both those franchises. And that game on Sunday, even though it was a tough one to watch, it felt like a game for the Bucks that you could really start to see maybe a turnaround. You know, we're going to Germany. Don't love that, but then we get the bye afterwards. Tom Brady's gonna be able to sit down with Leftwich. Probably, you know, when we won the Super Bowl a couple years ago, that's exactly what happened. Bye came. You got a big win before the bye. Bye week showed up. Tom Brady sat down, they revamped the offense, and were ready to go right after the bye. That's sort of what that win felt like. Coming back, getting a big defensive stop, then going down and scoring a late touchdown to put the game away. Felt very kind of pivotal for this team. Now, we'll see if it comes through. I could be sad eating some brownies in a couple weeks. But right now, I do have some faith that that's, that's a life-giving win. But you've got the Seahawks. Red hot right now. It's a three-point spread in Germany, over under 44.5. How do you see this kind of game breaking down for these two teams so yeah i mean it'll be interesting just because it's it's a game where you look at the two rosters and you're like well yeah i mean the bucks should definitely win this but then you've just kind of seen what has happened so far in, in the uh the league and in the season so far and 
know, last week we had Seattle as dogs. We, we called that. Um, I kind of, I kind of like them here as well as dogs. One thing I do think is interesting. I, I don't really know, you know, I, I know my geography, but not enough. Like, so did Seattle have to fly across the United States? And then dude, that's a lot of travel. I think they have more travel than Tampa. I yes. don't know. Um, so that, you know, that's a factor, I think. Um, but I do, I don't know if this Tampa Bay offense can keep up with this Seattle offense. That's something I'd be very concerned about. Um, so I'm I'm taking Seattle probably on the plus money here. My goal is just to get through this game healthy and get to the bye week. I do not care if we win this game. I don't think we're going to win this game, especially with Todd Bowles coming out saying, you know, we need to run the ball more because that's something we need to do Um, because that's going to fix the offense and fix our running problems. Yeah, sure, Todd. Um, I don't hate that strategy in this game, though, Um, just to try to keep the ball out of the Seahawks' hands, especially given our secondary is a little banged up right now, Um, and just getting to the bye healthy. But, yeah, I I would probably be betting the Seahawks in this one at plus three um, because it's a big win, big travel, buys next week. I do kind of wonder. They are professionals, but I do kind of wonder, you know, with a big emotional draining win against the Rams, then flying over to Germany, with knowing that you've got the bye week right after this game, if the motivation will be fully there. Um, right. So I, I do, I think I probably pick the Seahawks. I'd probably go in under here, to be honest. Um, I just, yeah. I feel like this is a game where the Bucks are really going to be like, let's muddy this up. Let's try to take as much clock off here and keep the, and just try to get out of Dodge. Um, is sort of how I see this game breaking down, to say the least. Mm-hmm. All righty, Jacksonville Chiefs, lines at 9.5, over under 50.5, and and we said it last week. I didn't bet it because I'm a coward, but for whatever reason, the Tennessee Titans just play the damn Chiefs hard. Um, I do not expect that from this Jacksonville game. We've talked multiple times about how Jacksonville seems to be missing that leader on the field, the guy that can kind of get them revved up and push them through tough games. Kansas City... They just evolved every week and brought in a new scheme to beat you. It's a damn good football team that knows how to win games, but we are a betting show. So the real question is, Mm -hmm. does Jacksonville have an opportunity to cover nine and a half points, which is a decently big spread? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big spread. I don't really think that they're going to be able to do it. Um, I I just think this Chiefs team, they're rolling right now. Um, You know, they took... They took care of Tennessee, who we know just always gives them trouble, like you said. You know, going back, uh, I guess it was three weeks because I think they had their bye. But, I mean, they rolled San Francisco. Um, so, I just think, you know, Jacksonville, you know, maybe, you know, if this game is in Jacksonville, I would take them here. But, no, in, in Arrowhead, nah, going with uh, Kansas City. Probably won't bet it, though, because that is a really large spread. But, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll probably stay away from betting it. Maybe look at a Chiefs line, maybe a team total or something is something that might be interesting to look at. Um, it's in Arrowhead, which is huge. I mean, in the NFL, home field advantages vary stadium to stadium, team from team, but there is a real home field advantage in Kansas City. Jacksonville seems to be on the right trajectory long term. I, I like the coaching staff in place, but it is... It's, this team is still learning how to win football games, and it's still figuring out who the leaders are on this team. And going into Arrowhead with no real clear-cut leader to kind of get you through the fog of what Kansas City is going to throw at you. And this is a Kansas City Chiefs team that is 
it's revving up. Like it, it, it's it's like clockwork every year. You know, the beginning part of the season, the defense isn't great, but then it starts to get going in a well-oiled machine, and it's able to kind of keep teams contained and play with a lead. The offense is revving up. Everything is revving up for the playoffs. We're starting to see that maturation here. So yeah, I, I don't think I'd pick a side, but I, I do expect the Chiefs to come out of this, and it might be worth looking at the Chiefs team total um, in this game. Yep. Texans Giants. The Giants, the surprise of the season, I would say at this point. Going against the lonely Texans, lines at five and a half, over under 40 and a half. We've been ahead of this, I think, compared to most media companies so far, and that Brian Dable was going to be the guy to get the most out of Daniel Jones. He's done just that. We'll see if they end up sticking with Daniel Jones long term. I kind of get the feeling that is the direction they're going to be heading because Daniel Jones is sort of the prototype that Dable likes to work with. The line's five and a half. I do kind of like the Giants here. Am I being stupid or overthink, not thinking of this game enough and just kind of going off my gut a little too much here? No, I, I don't think. I, I like the Giants here as well. The Texans, I mean, we watched them last week on Thursday. They're, they're an interesting team. They have, obviously, it's, it's the Damian Pierce show. Um, yeah. I think this is going to be, you know, really just kind of a running back type of game. Um, and Houston last week, even when they were down against Philadelphia and, like, kind of had a chance to remain in the game, I mean, I don't blame him because he's good, but they're still like turning around and handing the ball off to Damian Pierce. Like, <laughs> I'm like, well, why do you want to throw the ball? Um, so, yeah, I think they're pretty much in tank mode here. The Giants have a lot of play for it. They want to come back off the bye after that. You know, they went into the bye with an ugly loss. Um, so I, I, I like them here to probably win by, you know, I like them. If this were to move past six, I don't like it. But um, you yep. grab them here at five and a half. I like that. Yeah. The Texans are an interesting team because they're sort of like the silent professionals, but they're just not like, and you were way ahead of this with Brandon Cooks, but it's true of their defense. Their defense is quietly pretty good. Oh, yeah. But they just don't, they just do things that are head scratching, exactly like you mentioned last week, where it's like, all right, we need to go out and win this game. Sort of like Atlanta when they played um, the Bucks, or not the Bucks, the Bengals. And it's like, why are we still handing the ball off here? We need to go out and win this football game. And they just, the coaching staff, and I love Lovey but just doesn't uh, seem to have it all together. I was kind of just about to say, it's kind of like a 1980s football team, and I like Lowy Smith a lot too, but, I mean, he's always coached teams that really pound the football. Yep. And kind of getting away from that. Yeah. In today's evolution that, or the game, it's that style of football just doesn't win anymore. But it is a lot of silent professionals. It's a team that is worth looking at betting-wise week to week. But, yeah, I think the Giants have this one covered. All righty. The Lions versus the Bears. You were ahead of this. You signaled to Justin Fields is starting to come around, and boy, did he ever. Um, last week, put on an absolute show against the Miami Dolphins, and would you look at that? When you create an offense that has more design runs, moves the quarterback out of the pocket, all things that he is relatively tailored to do, he scrambles a little bit more, hey, your offense looks like a functioning offense in the NFL. They get the Lions, who from an offensive stand or a defensive standpoint have been absolutely pitiful. They are a team yeah. that you can tear apart through the air. I believe they're allowing they are allowing the most net yards per pass attempt right now at 7.5. That defense has been absolute Swiss cheese. Can the Bears, who even though they didn't pull out the win against Miami, put up a very good fight against one of the premier teams in the league right now? Can they put together, once again, another good week against this Lions team who's coming off of a big win against the lonely Packers? Yeah, I, I definitely think they can. They're kind of the team that's been kind of clawing at trying to get wins here. Um, like, they're, they're competing with pretty good teams. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're kind of due. It's almost like due theory for the Bears to just 
finally, you know, kick someone's ass. And I know they, they did kick New England's ass not too long ago, but I think they're due again just because Fields, like you said, he's playing out of his mind. Um, and just the Giants, I mean, sorry, the Lions, they went out last week and beat the Packers. And, oh, the Packers are so bad. They're, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL, I, I think. Yeah. Easily, yes, and we're going to get to them in a little while here, but I 100% agree with that. Um, and to Bears credit, I mean, since that Pats game, the coaching staff has also stepped up for the Bears, um, which I guess, you know, we should be giving them a little bit more leeway. We're going to talk about Josh McDaniels in a little bit, but like this is a, a new coaching staff figuring some things out, working through some things. It's been pretty ugly, but it does seem that they have finally realized, hey, we have a pretty mobile guy behind center. He's a guy that if we can get out in space, can make some damn plays like they did in college, and would let you, you know they're making plays. Um, and I do like them to take advantage of this Lions team, which is a decent team-ish. <laughs> like, they can stay competitive in games. Like, that's yeah. really about it. Um, they get the lonely win against the Packers. But, yeah, I like the Bears in this spot. This is a game I did go out and bet. It's one of the few this week I have laid a wager on so far at three. Um, and I do, I, I think we're both on the same page. The Bears have their guy, I think, at this point. I think at this point, you just say, hey, Justin Fields is our guy. Let's start to build a team around him. For sure. All righty, Saints-Steelers. Line is one and a half, over under 40 and a half. This game stinks. I have no interest in watching this game whatsoever. Um, at this point, I have more faith in the Saints, but that isn't saying a lot. I don't know what your feelings are, but at this point, I lean Saints. Andy Dalton has shown that he's a competent quarterback who is nothing special, but in a game when you're playing a, a Steelers team that really can't push you too much, I kind of like yeah. the Saints here. Yeah, it's a terrible game. I like the Saints here as well. I just think they can do a little bit more on offense. I trust them a little bit more. The Steelers, it's been disappointing, and it seems like I'm whiffing on uh, my Najee Harris prediction where I just think he's – from rookie year, I thought he was going to be a stud. Um, he, he's just not. There was I don't know if you saw a clip against Philly. He caught a ball out in the flat. It was like third and two. And, I mean, he's massive. All he had to do was just turn and just run upfield. And he just, like, turned and just – it was just the most bizarre. He just started dancing, and he just didn't go for the first time. He didn't get it. And I was – yeah, I, I just – yeah, it's not going well there. <laughs> he, he's trying to do too much of a Le'Veon Bell impersonation, and the man needs to yeah. understand he's a power back who has great speed and just fucking hit holes hard and go. He dilly-daddles. So, I mean, it's like he's at his high school prom. He's dancing around holes. Just hit the hole yeah. and go. <laughs> go. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, that's all I got on that one. Not much. <laughs> Browns, Dolphins. Lines at three and a half, over under 48 and a half. We're getting closer and closer to Sean Watson's preview week but for now the browns have to deal with the team they've got and they've got miami coming in who is i dare say the most explosive offense in the nfl right now i mean just the the tyree kill factor is so incredible and this is a theme we're seeing throughout the league packers don't let your number one wide receiver go chiefs even though they are surviving they are not thriving like they did when you had hill like, it's just a theme throughout the league. If you have a damn good number one elite wide receiver, you should be keeping them. Look at what Hopkins has done to that Cardinals offense as soon as he came back. Now, that team is needs to be on watch for giving up on the season, but, like, immediately a spark plug. 
Tyreek Hill has done the exact same thing here. He has been an absolute spark plug to this offense. This offense is flying and really can do whatever they want. They can run the ball if they want on you. They can pass the ball if they want on you. Tua's feeling very comfortable in the system. The defense is suspect, so I do think the Browns can take advantage of them by just pounding the rock. How do you make this game, though, from a betting standpoint? What angles are you looking at here? I mean, yeah, I, I think Cleveland's just going to want to, you know, try to control the clock, do whatever they can to, you know, keep the ball in the offense's hand, hands. I think, you know, they, they might be able to do that, you know, to start it off. But I do, you know, think Miami's offense might, you know, be able to start airing it out and just, you know, have quick responses and then gain a lead themselves. So I like Miami here. Um, you know, they they're like you said, how explosive they are. But what they have been kind of missing until you know recently was that run game. They they improved. They're bringing Jeff Wilson Jr. That that you know he had a great first game with them. So yeah, this team that offense is a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I'd go Miami here. Yep. All right, this is a game that I'm actually very interested to talk about: the Bills versus Vikings. Mm-hmm. This is a game. God, I hope Josh Allen is okay. Reports seem to be that this is going to be not a season-ending injury by any stretch of the imagination, but something he's probably going to deal with for a couple weeks, which is depressing as all get out um, because, goddamn, is he fun to watch. Yeah, The Vikings might be the most overrated 7-1 team. They're a good team, but I don't know if I've ever seen a team inflated so highly at 7-1. I'm just like, man, this team seems to be getting some lucky breaks. I was very unimpressed with the Vikings this, this past Sunday, I'll be honest with you. I, I know we lost, but I was just like, this team's not very good. Um, and you just look at the teams that they've beat, you know, how they beat them. Um, yeah, I am not a believer in the Vikings, but I'm definitely a little concerned about, you know, Josh Allen. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor and I could be wrong here, but I, you know, his injury is the, the UCL. Yep. And, you know, if that thing tears, that is Tommy John surgery, right? Yep. Well, that's concerning. I mean, if that were to happen, he'd be out this year and he'd be out next year. Um, so, I, I, you know, maybe sit him, but whatever. Um, I don't know why that is not being talked about more. At this point, what is the point? I mean, I know that that division for the first time in a long time is very competitive. I mean, we have a three-team race right now for first in that division. Yeah. But come on. You got to think long term for this season. You have Super Bowl aspirations. What are we doing rolling him out? Like, just give him a couple weeks here. Yeah, I, I don't hate that idea, but um, like like I said, it sounds like he's going to play. So if yep. you know if he's able to go out there and be eighty five percent, ninety percent of Josh Allen, I would take them on the spread here. But if he struggles, I I'd probably go with Minnesota, even though I really don't. I think they're they're kind of fraudulent. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I have faith in Josh Allen just because he did whip the ball at the end of the game, and he wouldn't be able to do that if the elbow wasn't somewhat good but it's clearly banged up and it is an injury that you are you are walking a razor thin line here between season and next season ending injury versus and this is a window for the buffalo bills that while yes it's fun to watch it is closing relatively quickly there's a lot of guys on defense that are going to have to get paid offensively we know things can go quickly especially for a guy that relies so much on his physicality so it's one of those things where I would be managing him a lot closer. I know the I know the NFL you can't take time off as much, but like it just feels like maybe we give him a week to just kind of rest and get yeah. going and get some rehab going on that elbow because it just the risk reward does not seem worth it to to play the Vikings. Just run the ball, muck it up, and see what you can do it this week. But yep, agreed. They're gonna play him. I'm gonna. 
me and everybody in Buffalo, well, I'm not in Buffalo, but every Buffalo fan is going to be a nervous Nelly because I just want good football in the playoffs come around and I want Josh Allen to be around because damn, is he fun to watch. Yes, exactly. All right, Titans-Broncos. I, I don't know what to make of this Titans team. I don't understand it. It makes no logical sense. I don't know how every year they give the Chiefs fits. This is a team that just during the regular season is an absolute beast and then disappears in the postseason because we we know what they are, but they seem to define logic during the regular season. Going up against a Broncos team that, whew, rough doesn't even begin to describe the situation going on in Denver. Over-under is 36.5. Man, is that low. <laughs> Lines 2.5. Wow. What are you making of this game? Over under thirty six and a half. Is I mean, is that a team total? What am I looking <laughs> at here? I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, yeah, this is this might be. I understand the Broncos do have a very good defense, um, but this 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 might be my don't overthink it game of the week. I, I don't think the Titans are a really good team, but I I really think the Broncos are a poor team. And you know, as I, if I can get the Titans under a field goal, I'm, I'm going with them one hundred percent. Hundred percent, especially because the Broncos' best attribute is their secondary. And right. the Tennessees are stylistically opposed to that. They just want to pound the rock with their absolute genetic freak in Derrick Henry. We said yeah. if there's anybody that's going to come back from that injury and be fine, it's him. And my God, has he even surpassed my expectations for what he'd be doing at this point in the season. I mean, Tennessee right now is looking at Denver's defense in their secondary going, oh, you have a good secondary. Well, good for us. We completed zero passes to wide receivers this past week. <laughs> Oh, that's oh. fine. We'll run the ball. It's 2022 in the NFL, and that is a legit stat. Zero. <laughs> unreal. Unbelievable. I was, like, I was like, what? Yeah, unbelievable. So, yeah, I'm with you. This is my, once again, the Titans have now, I think, no, we didn't have them as the don't overthink it last week. The week before, we had them as the don't overthink it team. This is, once again, the don't overthink it team. Just bet it blindly, call it a day. Yep, it's fine. All righty. This game has so many angles. Colt Raiders. I guess let's start with the big one in that Jeff Saturday is now an NFL head coach. Um, has never coached a lick of college football. Has never coached a lick of NFL football. His only coaching experience is at the high school level. Um, he was an analyst for a little while in the NFL, and now then he went to TV analyst. Um, nobody that's playing calls on... Saturday for the Colts has ever play called in an NFL game going against the Las Vegas Raiders who honestly if you told me Josh McDaniels had never called her called plays in the NFL I wouldn't be surprised for what we're seeing this year I guess let's maybe just start with the human interest piece in Jeff Saturday what in the world are the Colts doing I I, like I don't understand I have no idea but Jim Ursay had the quote of the year he said he said he said we were lucky he was available. I'm like, well, well, of course he was available. He's not a fucking coach. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? So, yeah, that made me laugh really hard. I don't know what they're doing. Um, I, I don't know. I I like Jim Irsay because he, you know, he talked down about Dan Snyder, but I, you know, I've, I've I have talked down about Jim Irsay in the past, and I, I, <laughs> that whole press conference was I don't know. wild. <laughs> that whole thing was wild. From start he's to finish. Just, yeah, he's just crazy, I think. I, I don't know. He's just a wild man. The um, only thing that makes sense is they're just in full-blown tank mode because he is sick and tired of dealing with this QB carousel every year of getting guys in. I, I don't think that's the case, though. 
I get if, if you know if you want to be in tank mode, that's fine. But why don't you just keep Frank Reich? I mean, you're okay. <laughs> yeah. It's going fine. Uh, so, or roll Gus Bradley I, out there. He didn't have a whole lot yeah. of success in Jacksonville. Yeah, like I, I I thought about that as well. Then I was just like, oh, maybe he really thinks just that. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's very interesting. It's bizarre. It sort of fits though with the Colts because the Colts, the last handful of years have seemed to go more with a personality fit than a football mm-hmm. fit. You look at the quarterbacks. I mean, they had guys come in that building because they matched religiously and they were the same religion right. and had the same belief system as opposed to who fits our football operation the best, um, yeah. which is nice. But it, it seems like the Colts are more interested in personality fits than they are in actual X's and O's and football fits. And Jeff Saturday is definitely a personality fit. Who knows? Maybe he'll be great. I mean, the only close comparison is Mike Vrabel, but he at least had some coaching experience yeah. in the NFL. There's no real precedence for this, but he was relatively as he was he was elevated relatively quickly um, as a former player. So I don't know. Maybe Jeff Saturday gets the job done, but I just this makes no logical sense whatsoever um, for yeah. a guy yeah. who, if he was interested in coaching, would have had plenty of opportunities to do so and jumps the line. And I do wonder too. Because coaches, I mean, you got Reggie Wayne on the staff, former Colt, damn good wide receiver. He's a wide receivers coach. You have other coaches on that staff that are well-deserving. They have relationship with the players. I do wonder how the locker room is responding to a guy who hasn't been there at all this season, just coming in now all of a sudden and calling the shots. He comes in, he removes his ESPN credentials. He's like, <laughs> all right, let's go. Yeah, like He's got the playing pedigree, but... It's a baffling move. On the other side, if you are Josh McDaniels, this feels like a make-or-break game. If you cannot pull out a win against this coaching staff, against this team in the way they're performing, with the talent you have on that roster, I do not know what business you have being a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. If you ask me which coaching staff is under more pressure right now, it's the Raiders because it's like, well, we better beat this staff. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, five and a half. I I don't know if I like them. I think I like them to win, but I don't really know if I like them to actually cover that though, because I mean, they're just not a good team, even though they should be. That has been one of the most head scratching things this season. I didn't expect the Raiders to be that good. I gave out their team total under on the season on this podcast, but to not be competitive and to just lose games in just baffling fashions when you have mm-hmm. the talent you have on offense. And we talked about it last week. Derek Carr is the only quarterback to get an elite wide receiver and get worse. <laughs> that that comes down to coaching at this point. Like that's all it is. Yep. Alrighty, two teams that are whew, a lot of questions. Arizona Cardinals, Rams. Lines at one yeah. and a half. Over under is forty one and a half. Cardinals are on the kind of might be quitting watch. Like they are on quitting watch for sure. And then the Rams. My question is, do we think it's time to just? sit Matthew Stafford because he's been dealing with an injury himself in his arm and his throwing ability. And this team, I said it last week, the Bucks game was a make or break. There is no Super Bowl aspirations with this team. This team is not good enough. So is it time to think long-term? And if you want to get another year out of Matthew Stafford, do you maybe just think about sitting him for the rest of the year, or at least until he gets healthier? I mean, yeah, you might want to think about it. Cause I mean, while like we talked about how last game was kind of make or break for both teams, the Bucks, I mean, with how terrible that division is, they really could have lost. Uh, but L.A., they they could not lose and then still think that they're an actual legit team. Um, they're not. Uh, but then you got the Cardinals there, and, I mean, Kyler's screaming at everyone. Um, 
I don't know why. I don't know who he thinks he is, but he's just yelling at everyone. And I've never, I didn't watch any of, I think it might have been the Colts last year, the, the midseason hard knocks or whatever. Yeah. This one might be interesting. Must watch team, TV. <laughs> yeah, this team is just a little, I don't know, just a little volatile on the <laughs> sidelines. Um, so I'd probably take the Rams, even though they were really crumbling too. Um, but just, the Cardinals, I mean, they're, they're all they're just crazy. They're all crazy. They're an absolute disaster. That is going to be must-watch TV. The yeah. fact that that franchise bet their long-term future on Kyler Murray and Lincoln Riley. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, we really need, we're in the wrong business. We need to start to get in the GM business here because, my God, what is yeah. going on? Or the consulting business, I guess. Because that, that, yeah. I could have saved that franchise millions upon millions of dollars. If I could do anything in life, if I could have any job in the world, I would be a terrible NFL head coach. I'd be Matt, <laughs> I'd be Matt Rule, and I'd be sitting there just collecting checks after getting fired. <laughs> so bad. Lincoln Riley doesn't need to go back to college. He is not he is not cut for the NFL game. Or he's another guy oh. that he needs to hand over that play sheet. We know. Yeah. I give Zach Taylor a lot of crap, but he is a guy, and that offense does not get better. It is long documented on this show and every other show on the planet. As the mm-hmm. season goes on, that offense gets worse. Um, yep. So, yeah, I think the Ram. I'm not playing this game, but I would probably just play Rams money line, to be honest, and just call it a day if I had to make a play. Yep. Cowboys-Packers. This line is at five, which was sort of shocking. I don't feel like there's been a full adjustment on the Packers yet. I feel like there's just still too much belief in this team. But Aaron Rodgers showed us last weekend that it is not all on the coaching staff. It isn't all on the fact that the wide receivers are poor. Aaron Rodgers himself is playing poor, and he'll be the last guy to tell you that, but he is playing (laughs) piss poor. There were some throws in that game that he got picked off on, like that one by the goal line where he just underthrew the back. I I don't even know. He looked like a lost rookie out there. Um, Like Take another shot of ayahuasca there, bud. Um, Over-unders 43. I don't know how the Cowboys don't blow the barn doors off this Packers team. Yeah, this is my other don't overthink game. Like I think the the Cowboys are going to destroy them. I mean, they're going to get after Rodgers. Rodgers is going to get hit a lot. He's just going a lot of the times Rodgers in on that throw that you just described. It looks like he's just playing like backyard football, and he's some dad that's just boom, he's just <laughs> yes. slinging it like he doesn't really care where it goes. I think that's how he's playing right now. Um, there's no way they they stick within five. I would be shocked. Um, I would hammer Dallas before it gets out of control, which. Uh, doesn't seem like it's going to yet, but yeah, I'd get on that. I would agree. I don't understand that line. That line makes zero sense to me. I've been staring at it all week, um, just trying to make sense of it because this Packers team, we've been talking about it, is everybody's been talking about it, is just bad. Everything yeah. is bad about that team right now. There is not one. I mean, the defense is the thing that they were priding themselves on, but they built that to be a team that that defended with leads, and that defense right. is underperformed massively. Yeah. Yeah, massively. They're just not a good football team at all. No. Um, Chargers, 49ers. Got the flex game. This is at 7. This is a game that you might think about putting in some teasers. I do not... I don't love the number at 7, but I don't see how the Chargers, with all their mounting injuries, with another week of Kyle Shanahan being able to game plan with Christian McCaffrey and his offense, getting Debo back, the defense getting healthier, I just don't see how the Chargers stick in this game. It feels over daunting. The seven number just scares me. I think this is going to seven and a half, if not higher. 
What do you yeah. make of this game? Because I, I just I can't see daylight for the Chargers in this one. I, I kind of agree. I think it's going to be really hard for them to keep up. I think just you know the Niners that defense, like you said, it's getting healthier. They they just kind of slowly suffocate teams. Um, so I could see that happening here in this game. Um, but yeah, you, you tease this with the Chargers. I like that a lot. Um, I think that that's perfectly in play. But I, seven, um, yeah, it's probably a number I'd stay away from. Yeah, I don't know. I I have to look more into it to make that number make sense to me, but it, it feels a little big for this 49ers team. But I just, I mean, with the way that the Chargers offensive line's playing, all the injuries they're dealing with, I just, I don't see daylight for this team in this game. And yeah. Fred Warner is an absolute alien. The plays oh, yeah. that he is making this season, I don't, he looks like he's shot out of a cannon on every single play. The dude is a, I mean, the whole defense is playing great, but Fred Warner especially is Linebacker of the year in my book at this point. Yeah, I agree. All right, we are wrapping it up with the good old Commanders-Eagles game Monday night. The line is 10.5 over under 43.5. And arguably the hottest team in football taking on the Eagles now. (laughs) The Eagles are taking on the Commanders here. Line's 10.5, like I said. The Commanders are a team I bet last week. They were my bet of the week. They covered that number due to some very fortunate luck with a you know referee setting a pick and some other ballsy things happening. But this is a team's defense that has slowly been playing a little bit better, getting more pressure. Chase Young has been back at the facility. Tyler Heineke's doing Tyler Heineke things-ish. What is your level of hope? This is your team. How are you feeling going into this Monday night game against the Philadelphia Eagles team that at this point, most people deem unstoppable, which I don't know is entirely true, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, they are stoppable. I don't know if you know, we're going to team that can do it. Um, <laughs> I, I do love what we've seen out of our defense. Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, our, our two defensive tackles, I mean, they, they dominate games. They're, they're very fun to watch. Um, and finally, finally, very quietly, it's been a while, but Jamin Davis is coming around. Uh, that he is a guy that I was very high on and has been very underperforming. <laughs> yes, he has been underperforming greatly, but he has come around um, and he's playing a lot better. Um, so there are a few things to get excited about. Um, I, I, one thing about Taylor is he does keep us close in games. Um, he didn't play in the first Philly game. You know, Carson played the first game and he was a statue and he just got destroyed. Taylor will run around. Um, I, I think you know we could possibly cover. I find it really hard for us to win the game. I will say this, though. In the past two years, I have put, you know, as an emotional hedge, I have put large, you know, large dollars for me on two games on, on this Washington team. I did it against the 11-0 Steelers. You know, I lost that, which was fine. And then I did it last year against your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I lost that. And I plan on doing it this week against the, the Eagles. Um, I find it, you know, unlikely that I will lose that wager as well, but I'm willing to. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think we can cover, but we're not winning the game. No way. No. And I, I think what also helps in this is we've seen the Eagles have this attitude where they kind of get up big and then they just take the air out of the ball and they slow things down. And that's when the commanders can really kind of come back. So a live bet too might not be the worst thing in the world to be watching the live number. Cause I would not be shocked if the Eagles get out to a big lead early and then kind of dial things, some back things back. Um, yeah, Davis is finally realizing he's fast as shit and can feel comfortable. Real fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, took him a while, but then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm super fast. And as long as I play just natural football, 
Like this game, don't overcomplicate it. He's doing all right. Doing much better. I'm I'm waiting for him to just either you know just you know pick pick a ball off in space and just fly to the end zone or just you know you know luck out and, like scoop a fumble and just like really just you know really gallop home. I'm waiting for it. I know it's going to happen eventually. Dude's got some jets on him. Oh, yes, and that's what I liked most about him. And he's finally realizing it's like the dude. It's like the defensive tackles who translate from college to the NFL and they don't realize how strong they are and like halfway through their rookie year it's taking Davis way longer than that they just realize oh yeah I'm strong as shit and just start throwing people around like your D tackles are doing took them a little bit into the season to get like oh yeah we're big boys up front and like there are very few yeah. offensive lines interiors that can hang with us seems yeah, to be yeah, the general much. general census around the commander's defenses they're realizing oh wait we're a half decent unit. It just took a couple. It took it took the early part of the season for us to remember that, in almost a damn mutiny against uh, Del Rio there for that to come into play. Yeah, I mean they they definitely have a playoff capable defense, just just not a playoff capable offense right nope. now. But we'll see. I don't know. I, I don't hate staying in the number. Like I said, I think live betting this team is is a is a possibility. I think staying within the ten because the Eagles do tend to get out to big leads. But the Eagles, I think at some point we all need to start pumping the brakes a little. I love the Eagles right now, and I have a future bet on them to win this division and to go far. But they have shown a propensity to be slightly overrated. That offensive line is showing some some holes in it. The defense is very good. We'll see if Jalen Hurts can continue this. I'm pumping the brakes a little bit he has shown a, a propensity that if you take away the sidelines he isn't the best attack in the middle of the field now having aj brown has drastically changed that for him um yeah. but we'll see if that continues i'm just saying people are getting very ahead of this and i'm like all right let's let's pump the brakes a little bit here and not get too over our skis but it's a damn good football team overall for sure Alrighty. anything else before we wrap this up this week nothing major i just like how you know just you know, the, the year's kind of going, you know, we, we originally thought AFC was like two team battle. I no longer think that the, the AFC is pretty wide open. I mean, Baltimore, you know, Baltimore has only one remaining game against a team over 500. And also Baltimore has had double digit lead in every single game they played in this year. <laughs> the brick- what? <laughs> Why? That's insane. But the brink trucks that Lamar is going to have to ba- have oh. them back up with that stat is incredible because you look at his supporting cats and outside of Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely, there ain't a man worth his salt on that offense. Not at all. And uh, (laughs) just the fact that he's been able to achieve double-digit leads in every (laughs) single game this season is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. That is is crazy. I mean, the meltdowns at the beginning of the season were hilarious. Um, (laughs) But yes, that is... That is incredible um, for that team. And Hardball, a guy who, he gets credit, but I don't feel like he gets the upper echelons of credit that a lot of these coaches in the NFL get right now. I would agree with that. Yeah, he probably does deserve more credit. That was one thing I did also meant to mention against the Bears. I am so tired of all these coaches. Like, the profession of coaching has been boiled down to just systems nowadays. What happened to the coaches that were like, let me tailor my system to what I have available? Like, so many of these coaches are taking square pegs and trying to jam them into round holes. We saw that in Chicago. They finally adjusted that system to get more designed runs for Justin Field, to move him outside the pocket. And what would you know? The offense is starting to hum. We see this, like, across the board. Andy Reid does a good job adjusting. Bill Belichick does a good job adjusting. All the good coaches do. But there are so many coaches. I am so sick and tired of being like, my system. Adjust yeah, your system I- to what you have. 
I, I agree. You're, you're supposed to be a coach. You, you need to adjust. I, I, <laughs> what's going on? Unbelievable. And we see it in college too all the time. That one, oh, yeah. that's the one that baffles me the most because you are so, like recruiting is so up and down. Like the fact that you can't adjust year to year for some of these coaches is ridiculous. But in the NFL, it pisses me off so much because it's like the profession of coaching, realize what you have. There's just so many guys that, I don't know, it's such an incest pool of coaching right now in the NFL that yeah. – we need some fresh. Maybe Jeff Saturday will be a refreshing <laughs> change of pace. I doubt it. As a gambling man, I would bet large sums of money that that's not going to be the case, but we'll see. You never know. They're thinking outside of the box, that's for sure. <laughs> I'll end up on freezing cold takes with that one, but whatever. <laughs> All righty. That'll do it for us, as always. Peace.